Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. The book of Romans, really, when we talk about Christianity and everything that has to do about God, we get our doctrine from this book. Any Christian, any church, any person that you know will most likely get their doctrine from the book of Romans. Every detail, because Paul goes into depth of what it looks like to be a Christian in the midst of chaos. So Paul is bringing clarity. The purpose of Romans is clarity in the midst of chaos. I don't know about you, but we've probably seen a lot of chaos in the last three years. Pandemic, uh, rumors of wars, earthquakes. I mean, there's so many things that have happened in the span of three years. And so we want to talk about how fitting is it that we're going to talk about the book of Romans in the midst of chaos, in the midst of chaos. The purpose of Romans is it's, it's about the gospel. It's, it's the righteousness of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're going to see that Paul mentions the gospel a lot. You're going to see that Paul, in the, through the book of Romans, he is somebody that is trying to let people know the good news of Jesus Christ. If you don't know the story of Paul, I'm going to tell you something in a short little second here. That Paul was a man that was always chasing Christians. He was trying to murder Christians. He didn't like Christians. He was trying to put them in jail. Paul had a different agenda. He didn't like Christians. Imagine that. Someone trying to chase you and you have to hide because they're trying to put you in jail because you believe in Jesus. And that who was, that was Paul until Paul in, it has an encounter with God that forever changes his life. He goes from someone chasing Christians and trying to kill them to pe- trying to go and tell people about this Jesus that he was so after. And so we're looking through a lens of someone that's experienced the power of God, their transforming power of God. And if God can do it for Paul, he could do it for you today. Amen. And so Paul is someone that is, he has a mission to let people know. That's why the Bible says in, in, now you can open to the book of Romans chapter 1 verses uh, 18 through 25. This is what Paul was trying to get at. He said this, this is, this is what sin does when Paul, this is the, if you are before Christ, this is what it looked like. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, basically, let me stop there. Paul's trying to tell people, hey, everything that you see, outside in this world is because of God. It wasn't just shown up out of nowhere. There was no this big bang theory. There was none of that. Everything was orchestrated by God. The anatomy of a human being orchestrated by God. So he's trying to tell people, hey, for you to say there is no God, you're probably not paying attention like you should. Because everything you see started somewhere, started by the hand of God. Amen? All right, let's keep going. 
Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols. He's talking about the Old Testament when, when sin was at its peak, when it was starting. They worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. So Paul is saying, hey, there is a wickedness that started a long time ago when people, they traded the truth for a lie. They began to believe a lie that God never meant for them to believe. They began to make, create idols and they began to create images to worship instead of the creator himself. But if you want to know the, the theme of Romans chapter 1 is this. Go to Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Romans 1 16 says this. But this is what Paul says. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. Saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. Paul is saying, hey, although there's a lot of craziness that has happened throughout the years, although you're living in a chaotic world, the gospel is power of God at work. And it saves everyone. In other words, although there is sin, there's a greater power at work. Amen. Although there are troubles, we serve a God that's over the troubles. It's the power of God at work. So, I'm talking about I am unashamed of the gospel. I'm unashamed of the gospel. In fact, here's the definition of unashamed. Unashamed means this. It is acting openly without guilt or embarrassment. It's acting openly without guilt or embarrassment. We, when we grew up, I don't know about you, but my parents, man, they, you know, as a parent, you, you're proud of your kids for every little thing. You will be so proud, you'll let everybody know that your kid got 12th place in their race. You'll put their ribbon up in the, in, in, in you know, uh, for me, it's hard. I'm a, I'm a competitor deep down, so 12th place is not good enough. But anyways, you will put it up. You will put it on Facebook and social media and say, my baby ran that race at San Isidro Elementary or wherever elementary you kids go to, Trotman Elementary, and they got 12th place and I got it on my fridge. And I'm proud about it, which you should. Don't, don't listen to Pastor Tom. If you're not competitive, stay like that. Right? It's a sin. I'm trying to get over it. All right. <laughs> but I'm proud of it. Or you're proud of your animals. You'll post, you'll post about your animals without a shame. You're not ashamed. You'll dress that cat up like Santa Claus and send pictures to everybody. But we do things that we're proud of and we're unashamed about it. We'll tell everybody about your kid. You'll tell everybody about your cats. 
You'll tell everybody what man about any, anything. Because we, we we're proud. We're naturally, we are proud of our family members. We're proud of the things that we've built, the things that we've purchased. And it's a natural thing. We're proud of that. I, I'm proud of the fact that my daughter's starting to walk now. And, and every little step that she made, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, and, you know, I'm excited because it's, I'm proud of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to let you know something. That if you are going to serve God, it is time for me to get our boldness back. Because we live in a world that wants to talk about everything but God. They want you to talk about everything and they're okay with your conversations about every other thing. But the moment you bring God into the picture, it gets uncomfortable. It brings uncomfortableness to people's lives or sometimes they get angry or sometimes, you know, it, it makes them uncomfortable. And God was never desi- has not designed you to be uncomfortable. In fact, when you truly know what the gospel is, it is for you not to conceal but to celebrate. But to celebrate. Amen. So I'm here to encourage you. We're going to talk about the gospel. And I'm talking about five I am statements. Paul said, I am unashamed of the gospel. The very thing that Paul was attacking when he encounters God. Now he reverses and says, man, I'm not ashamed of it. You can make fun of me. You can say stuff about me. If there was social media, Paul would be one of those people that every person would probably talk about. That would be Paul. But Paul says, I don't care about your comments, your memes. I don't care. I am unashamed of the gospel. I'm unashamed. Amen. Here's the first I am statement. We're talking about Romans chapter 1. I am unashamed because the gospel is from God. I am unashamed because the gospel is from God. I want you to go to Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and through 2. Romans 1, 1 through 2 says this. It says, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. I want to stop there. God, you have to understand something. God has promised, God planned this out since the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve messed up and they ate the forbidden fruit and they disobeyed the Lord, God had a plan since the very beginning. God said, because you disobeyed and yes, there are consequences, I'm going to send my son, Jesus. And it should encourage you today about the good news. The good news is this, is that God has a plan for every season of your life. God has a plan. When you got to go through valleys, God has a plan to get you out. When you're going through sickness, God has a plan. When you feel like you're going, you're at the edge and you're about to quit, God has a plan for every season of your life. And that is good news. We don't serve a God that's confused. We don't serve a God that's like, well, good luck. I hope everything goes well for you. No, God in his word has a plan for me and you. He got a plan. Our God's not dumb. Our God's not schizophrenic. Our God is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. We serve an amazing God, church. Give a hand clap to God. Praise him like you mean it today. That we serve a God that has a plan for your life. A plan. Jesus was never plan B. He was always plan A. Always plan A. He was always plan A. 
So I am unashamed of the gospel because of it is from God. God loves me and you enough to give us the plan. God loves us enough. God is not some person. It's like if someone, you know, they found the cure for cancer. And that person that has the cure of cancer is hiding it from the world. And you never will experience it because they're always, he's not that person that's trying to hide something. He wants you to know that he is that person. He is the healer. He is the provider. Amen. That's our God. The second I am statement is this. I am unashamed because the gospel is about Jesus. I am unashamed because the gospel is about Jesus. I want you to go to Romans chapter 1, 3 through 4. It says this. It says the good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul's saying, hey, this Jesus that you guys crucified, this Jesus you hate so much, God sent his son. There was a plan in place. And the good news is that Jesus came, he died, and he resurrected. That's the good news. The good news is that Jesus has come. That's why you, when you make your decision to follow Jesus, it is through Jesus Christ. Jesus, the gospel says in John 14, 6, no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. And how do we know that Jesus is from God? How do we know that Jesus is it? Because of the resurrection. Jesus died and rose after three days. And that's good news. Because if Jesus never rose, then everything that we're doing is useless. It's pointless. It's a waste of time. But Jesus died and rose again. We're not serving some other person that you can find his bones in any grave. We're not serving some other person that, that is trying to find enlightenment and can't find. No, no, we're serving a resurrected king. Amen. We're serving a living God. A living God. And here's, here's some confirmation for people that are wondering, well, because a lot of times we focus on Jesus resurrected and uh, the disciples saw him. And a few people saw him. But 1 Corinthians, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. says this. 1 Corinthians 15 says this. It says, he was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of who are still alive, though some have died. In other words, the resurrection is not just confirmed by a few, but over 500 people. And if you question if Jesus was a real person, there's a man by the name of Josephus. He was not a follower of Jesus, but if you look at Josephus' writings, he writes about this man named Jesus. This is from a perspective of an outsider that proves who Jesus is and will always be. This is from the outside. It's like if I was following someone, I'm writing about this person, and he talks about Jesus. Which tells me and you that this, this, this life that we live, man, for Christ is worth every moment. It's worth it. I am unashamed because 
of the gospel because of Jesus. I'm unashamed because Jesus came and he died, which means, and he rose again. I'm unashamed because that power is still alive today. I'm unashamed because Jesus still is my king and Jesus still is my healer and Jesus still is my provider. Hallelujah. Jesus is all of those things. Amen. Amen. Third thing is this, is I am unashamed because the gospel is about obedience. I'm unashamed because the gospel produce, I'm sorry, it produces obedience. I'm unashamed because the gospel produces obedience. Bible says this in verse five, Romans chapter one, verse five says, through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them. So they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. The gospel produces obedience. I'll never forget when I, when I really gave my life to God, I was 16 years old, and I truly gave my God. It wasn't like, yes, God, I give you my life just to make my dad happy or my mom happy or just because uh, that's the religious thing to do. No, when I truly accepted who Jesus was, I said, God, I'm giving you my life. I was 16 years old. And when I was 16 years old, it, it, I comple- it completely transformed my life. I was not the same person anymore. I remember being in high school and people noticing a difference in me at 16 years old. They were like, dude, what happened to you? And, 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 and those were the moments that I got to tell people about Jesus and what Jesus has done for me and what Jesus could do for them. Because when the Spirit of God comes into your life, it brings conviction to you. And when you have conviction in your life, it, con- it brings transformation to your life. And you are never the same person. Because here's the thing. The mark of genuine faith is living to please God. That's the mark of real faith. You want to know someone that has real faith in God? They live to please God. Not like we talked about last week, not their sinful nature, not their pride, not their ego. No, they live to please God no matter what. That's the mark of someone that has genuine faith, that they live to please God. And they do that through obedience to the Lord. They're saying, God, I'm submitting myself to you because what you say is more important than what other people are saying. And here's the thing. I want to read this to you. A man said this, and it's so true. He said, right living doesn't save us. Right living is evidence that Christ has saved us. Right living doesn't save us. Right living is evidence evidence that Christ has saved us. When you truly give your life to the Lord, you want, you live to please him. And it is evidence. When you, it's not about your works. Right living is an evidence of who you have already given your life to. It comes out of you. It's, it's, it's a second part of you. You live right unto the Lord. It's a natural thing. It's second nature to you. You're not re- living right to the Lord through religion, through rules and laws. and regulations. No, you li- you're living right because of the relationship you have with God. Because the good news that came into your life. And in return, God, I'm going to live for you. 
because you took me out of where I'm from. Some of you in this room, you have some stories that where God took you out. God took you out of deep, whatever, whether, whether it was deep drug addictions, whether it was just a deep sorrow and depression. There are stories in this room and you can remember that when you, before God, you were one way, but when Jesus came, he took you out of something else and gave you the best life you could ever live. The best life. But the gospel, you have to understand the gospel, it, that's what it does. The word of God, the good news of Jesus produces that in me. It produces that in me where God, because you've done this for me, I want to live for you. And it is evident because here's the thing. If people that encounter you can't, don't know that you're a Christian and they find out that you are, then something's wrong. If someone makes a statement like, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. I didn't know you go to church. Then you have to evaluate, am I really living for God or I'm still trying to live like everybody else? Because if people can't tell the difference, then there's something wrong. Because anybody that is given their life to Jesus, you have a, there is something on your life that makes people wonder, man, what is it about you? And I want that. Or when you walk into a room, they know, hey, man, you know what? We can't invite this person to this. And, and, and here's the thing. I want to I encourage some people here. Stop apologizing for God transforming your life. Stop apologizing. Please, stop. So many people give their life to God, and every time they're around people that don't understand God, or maybe they haven't taken that step yet, or maybe they're kind of like, they're, they're, they don't want God in their life. They, they, Christians have this tendency to be like, oh, man, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. I, 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 you, you don't stop apologizing for what God has done in your life. Stop apologizing. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. Very famous. He said this. He said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine for out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Let your light shine. As kids, you know, Growing up in church, that's a very famous thing. This little light of mine. You know, I'm going to let it. But it, there, even though it's a funny song for kids, it is, there's a lot of truth to that. Because Jesus said, in the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see. So everyone will praise your heavenly father. So everyone will praise your heavenly father. It is the people that do not look like the world that end up changing the world. Just so you know that. It is the people that do not look like the world that end up changing the world. So I am unashamed because the gospel produces obedience. Paul, when he encounters God, he lives a life of obedience in good seasons and bad seasons because Paul didn't just have mountaintop. Paul went through some stuff. Paul was, you're going to see in the book of Romans, Paul was beaten to almost death. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul went through a, he got whipped. And it's not like, uh, like when your parents used to spank you with the belt. I mean, it, that, that hurt, but this is worse. All right. He got whipped. That is the same Paul. But Paul decided to live a life in obedience, regardless of what's happening in the world. Regardless. Paul in the verse one, he calls himself a slave. 
to Jesus Christ. He puts himself in such a way, he says, man, this life, I am a slave to Jesus Christ. Not in a, a negative connotation whatsoever. But he says, man, I, I belong to God. I, I belong. And, as, and because I belong to God, I am obeying God to the very end. The very end. Number four is this. I am unashamed because the gospel is for everyone. The gospel, which means the good news. I am unashamed because the gospel is for everyone. Let's go back to Romans chapter uh, verse 5 one more time. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and the authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. In other words, the gospel, the good news, this word that you love so much isn't for a select few. Christianity is not country club Christianity, although sometimes we make it that way. The gospel is is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. It is God's will for everyone to be saved. It is God's desire for every single person that comes in contact with him to give their life to him, to be saved. It's God's desire to take care of you. It's God's desire that when you die, if in, in the future, not today, But when that moment comes that you are with him for eternity, you are with him forever. So that means if you're white, come to Jesus. If you're Hispanic, come to Jesus. You're black, come to Jesus. You're Asian, come to Jesus. You're Republican, come to Jesus. You're Democrat, come to Jesus. You're gay, come to Jesus. You're straight, come to Jesus. The gospel is for everyone, church. Doesn't matter your race. Doesn't matter whatever you're choosing. The gospel is for everyone. And the list goes on and on. I can name so many things. And I'll always end it with come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Because it is for everyone, church. This gospel is what transforms people's lives it's this gospel that sets people free it's this gospel it's you giving your life to jesus that gives you the life you could have never achieved achieved on your own it's this gospel it is for everyone that is why paul was so adamant about telling every single person about him he, he had it in him. He needed people to know who Jesus is because he didn't want people to die without at least hearing him and having an opportunity to give their life to God. He wanted people to be at peace. That's why we do what we do at our church. That's why we go and we win souls. And that's why we go and do outreaches. And that's why we go into schools and do Bible, school, Bible classes. And that's why we, Bible clubs, I'm sorry. And that's why we do all these because we want everyone to know about Jesus. This city will know about Jesus. Amen. This city, the north, the south, the east, the west, will know about Jesus. 
There's people in this room, I'm believing, that this year they're going to decide that my workplace will belong to Jesus. My school will belong to Jesus. Tammy, you, Elsie, will belong to Jesus. My family will belong. There has to be something on the inside that says, man, everyone around me that I come in contact with, they belong to Jesus, and it is my job to let them know about him. Because the responsibility is not just on Pastor Sam. It is everyone in this room. Because I can't go into the places you can. I can't sit in your job because your boss will be like, who is this person sitting here? And try to talk to you. But you can. I can't go into your high school, middle school, elementary school because that would be weird. But anyways. And then they won't let me. They won't let me anyways. But I'm believing that will change soon. They won't, but you can. I can't be in your sports team, high schooler, middle schooler, but you can, and you can tell them. University student, I can't be there with you all the time, but you can. Gospels for everyone. Maybe today your prayer is that God give me a fire by your spirit on the inside to let people know. God, give me a fire. Give me a burden for people. Give me a genuine burden. There are people right now that you're, I'm talking, you're already thinking about them. You know what? This person that I know, I'm going to invite them to a carne, and maybe that's the moment that you share the gospel with them. You don't have to be crazy either. Please don't. Don't be weird about it either. You're going to hell midway as they're eating their taco in the carne. They choke and they die because of you, your statement. <sighs> now, I'm, now I'm craving carne. Whatever. Some jams. Anyways. But. There's a way to do it. You can, you can be you still. You can be normal. Be you. And still tell people. Last statement is this. I am unashamed of the gospel because it is powerful. Hallelujah. Because it is powerful. One more time. Romans 16. I want to say 116 because there's a rap group that's like that. But Romans 16. 116, I'm sorry. For I am unashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and then the Gentile. I am unashamed of the gospel because it is powerful. It is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that powerful. It is powerful enough to transform your life. The Greek word for salvation here, soteria, which means a holistic transformation that means that the gospel has the power to transform you completely completely one touch from god can set you free one encounter with the presence of god can make you a brand new person there is power you need god's power in your life he's available you need god to move in a powerful way in your family he's available You need God to touch your sick body. He's available, church. You need God to forgive you. He's available. You need the comfort of the Lord. He's available. There is power in this gospel. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power for your life today, church. All mean you have to do is tap into the power. That's it. 
Stay connected to the Lord. Just like any connection, we have all this because there's power connected to it. It's the same thing with the Lord, church. As long as you stay connected to the Lord, you will see miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough, open door after open door. I declare that today in every Jesus name that this is the day. Today, starting today, God will open up the heavens for your life like never before. Because there's power in his name. There's power for you today, church. Church, everything changes by the power of God. Paul, he's writing this to the people. Paul wrote most of the New Testament from a jail cell. From a jail cell. Not because he did anything wrong, he was in jail because of this, the gospel. And the gospel is good news of Jesus Christ. He was telling people what I'm telling you today what God can do for someone's life. He's telling people and he, got, he goes into jail for that. But he writes anyways. And most of the New Testament that you read today is from that, from a jail cell. In other words, nothing could stop Paul from telling people about the gospel. Regardless of the situation. Amen. But God wants to do the same thing with you today, church. Today. Everything that I talked about is possible through Jesus Christ. It is possible. There is nothing that you've faced in this world today that God cannot do something about. What you think is impossible, it is impossible for you, but not for God. And when I connect to God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.